This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. There are so many different things that we have to have together in order to become a great jazz improviser, improviser in general. And one of those, I believe, is to have great technical proficiency on our instruments, to have the flexibility to be able to play whatever we want to play in the moment because we need to respond in the moment in a natural way without thinking about, without contriving it. And so having that flexibility can be immensely important. So today's episode is all about how we can apply simple patterns to different scales to start exercising some of that flexibility. Let's cue the music. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. As always, thanks for being here, and a special warm welcome to uh, those of you who are listening for the first time. I really appreciate you being here, and of course, a welcome back to all the regular listeners on this show. Super excited just to uh, try to help you in any small way that I can, big or small, with your jazz playing, you know, something that you can do, something practical. And that's really what today's episode is about is something practical that you can take away and you can do. I'm adding more of these episodes throughout the year. Started doing some of those last year with just like little lick episodes, something to really take a hold of. And that's what today's is. I think it was back in episode 124 where I talk about the only big three three things that you need to be practicing as a jazz musician to improve. And when I say the only big three things, I don't mean that they themselves are the only things you should ever practice, but I mean that these categories, if we focus on these three categories, we are really going to improve as jazz musicians in my experience and you know what I've learned from my teachers and watched in other students. And one of those things, the first one really, is technique, to have technical proficiency on your instrument. And there's a lot of different ways to practice technique on your instrument, and it really depends on what instrument you play. For example, if you're a trumpet player or even a saxophone player, long tones is probably something that you've heard a teacher tell you to do before. Practice long tones. But no one has ever told me that because I'm a guitar player. And for guitar players, there's a whole other set of things that we can work on on our instrument, such as, you know, practicing on different areas of the fretboard because, you know, the guitar is like this big maze and, you know, some areas are more familiar than others. And there's uh, different technical exercises that may be important for piano players or for bass players or for drummers. Like there's certain things that are instrument specific. But I do find that there are technical exercises that can really help everyone. And especially in a jazz improvisation context, uh, I believe can help everyone. And those things that I really think can help are patterns, working on pattern exercises. 
And patterns just help us move our fingers uh, in ways that we may have not been used to before, all right? And so a very practical way to start working on patterns without making things too complicated, and I do believe it's always best to just start simple, and sometimes those fundamentals, those basics can take us places that are, uh, can take us way farther than we even think. I think it's important just to start with scales, different kinds of scales. So in this episode, like I mentioned, I will be going over some different patterns that we can try. I'll have those in the show notes today at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 151 if you want to take a look at some of these patterns I'm talking about. But that is what we're going to be covering today. And this is also something, by the way, that I talk about in my ebook, Zero to improv, which I'm actually coming out with a companion course for this book uh, actually next week, uh, next Sunday, uh, which is January the 27th, 2019. So that's going to be a companion course. A companion course helps people get through the book. I did that with another book last year, and it really helped my students out a lot. And that's why I went through the effort of just creating this companion course to go along with the book. So if you want to get notified about when that happens, when that comes out. All you really have to do is be signed up for my newsletter and I'll be letting everybody know. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. If you're signed up for that, you will get notified of when that comes out. All right, so let's jump into today's show. Let's talk about these patterns. All right, so we're going to start things off kind of simple here with our patterns. We're going to go over really three different patterns that start from easiest and then go to the hardest, but we're also going to be applying these patterns to different scales, and you'll see how by applying different kinds of scales to these patterns, how it sort of makes them more challenging in and of themselves, uh, but also really enlightening. So let's start with the first pattern. This first pattern, uh, we're going to start by applying this over a basic C major scale. So obviously C major scale sounds like this. Right, we know that scale, of course, and those are just some audio piano audio recordings I'm using that we actually use in the Zero to Improv book. And so what we're going to do is we're going to apply a one, two, three, one pattern to the C major scale, concert C major. So one, two, three, one pattern. What does that mean? So the pattern you're going to hear it in a second, but the pattern goes like this: C, D, E, C. Those are the first four notes. That's one, two, three, one. That represents the different scale tones, the different tones of the scale. So C, D, E, C is one, two, three, one. And then we're going to continue the pattern up the scale. So then the next set of four notes starts on D, which of course is the second note of the C major scale. So now it goes D, E. F, D, D, E, F, D, right? So you can think of that as two, three, four, two if you want, but you're still keeping that same idea of the one, two, three, one uh, going up the scale. So C, D, E, C, D, E, F, D. And now the next set of four notes, of course, we're starting on the third tone, which is E, E, F, G, E. E, F, G, E, right? So we just keep going up that pattern and then we also do a similar thing going on descending. So uh, again, uh, if you want to practice this, you can go to the show notes today at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 151, and I'm going to have these examples there if you want to work through these later, which is really what I want you to do and get out of this episode is actually applying this stuff. Okay, so go ahead and let me, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, on the piano recording.
right? So that's the pattern. You could hear it ascending and descending. So one, two, three, one, two, three, four, two, three, four, five, three, and on, so on and so forth, right? And then you heard descending. It's doing the exact same thing. Uh, but of course, uh, each grouping of four notes is starting descending down the scale instead. Okay, so this is a very basic pattern to to start with applying to scales. But where I think it really gets interesting is, of course, when we start applying this to uh, different kinds of scales. So the same pattern to a different scale. So let's try a, a mixolydian scale. Okay, so C mixolydian. And actually, let me just play this on my guitar here. So. And for those of you who are completely new to what a mixolydian scale is, I think it's it's a mode of the major scale, but I think for now the best way just to think about it is simply a major scale with a flat seven. That's a flat seven. Okay, and that's what gives it that sound. So really we're only changing one note here, uh, but you're going to hear how different the pattern sounds. And if you actually try playing through it, you'll see the challenge. So here's what this sounds like, the piano recording uh, for doing the same one, two, three, one pattern with a mixolydian scale. All right, so do you hear that sound? Do you hear the sound difference there? Uh, it becomes trickier when you're not just playing these scales, you know, in order, you know, right? When you're actually starting to switch things up a bit and you're actually having to start to think about what the difference is with the notes, right? And you'll see this, the more complex the scale you make it away from a major scale, it gets harder, right? All right, so that's one pattern. Let's move on to the next pattern that I want to cover. Um, and by the way, if you're in my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, you probably already recognize some of these patterns. Uh, this is what I. This is definitely some crossover material between Zero to Improv and 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing. This is part of what I have you guys working on through is applying some of these. Um, but of course, uh, much more in depth than we're going over right now. So let's talk about the next one. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to pick this uh, one, two, three, five pattern. One, two, three, five. This is a very John Coltrane pattern. He really uh, utilizes this pattern on giant steps, for example. Um, so basically, this pattern walks up the scale for three scale degrees and then skips the four and lands on the five. So, for example, the first pairing of four notes, uh, these are eighth notes, by the way, are C, D, E. So one, two, three, and then G. So that's five. So C, D, E, G. Right, and then we continue up the same way up the scale. So then we start in D, the second tone of the scale, D E F A. Okay, so now it's two, three, four, six. We skip the five. All right, and then the next is E F G B. So three, four, five. Skip the six and hit the seven, which is B. All right, so that's the idea, and a similar pattern going descending. Again, you can check out the show notes if you want to actually see the notation for this. So let's just apply this to a C major scale. Here's what it sounds like. (laughs) 
So this one is much more difficult, in my opinion, if you actually go through and start working through it. Whenever I've practiced this one, I found this one a little more challenging to do, especially when you're descending, right? Because you're skipping that note, and that might not seem like that would be a big deal, but it actually really is. And so all of this is really to get our fingers and our brain thinking in different ways, right? We're just applying this to uh, simple vessels here, scales, and getting our fingers to think in different ways. And when we do this, it's going to start coming out in our improvisation. Right, We're going to be able to do things that maybe we weren't really comfortable or able to do. And we want to be able to play any musical idea that comes to our head. And that really does involve having some flexibility on your instrument. So we're going to take the same pattern, the one, two, three, five pattern. And now let's apply it to a different scale. Let's apply it to a natural minor scale, a natural minor scale. So C natural minor sounds like this. This is one of those basic scales you you should know. You need to know all these basic scales, right? Okay, so here is what the same pattern sounds like with the natural minor. So, yeah, sounds different, obviously, because it's a different scale. And I guarantee if you run through this exercise, having started with the major scale and then going to the natural minor scale, it really is going to feel a lot different on your fingers. When you add these patterns, it just feels a lot different. And therefore, you're exercising different muscles and different, uh, you know, muscle memory sort of things here. All right, let's move on to just the last pattern I want to cover today. I don't want to cover too much because I really want to treat this as sort of just to get your brain thinking about this more so than uh, just giving uh, way too much information here. I want to move on to one that is really challenging just so that you can kind of see where this can go. And this is where I'm going to actually go into triads, okay? Um, Triads. So obviously triads all come from scales technically. Uh, really what we're going to do in this one is we're going to move up. You could call it the modes of the triads. We're going to move up and down the quote unquote modes uh, of the scale. So we start with a C major triad. We go down a D minor triad. We go up an E minor triad. We go down an F major triad. We go up a G major triad, we go down an A minor triad, we go up a B diminished triad, and then we end finally going down a C major triad. So it's up and down motion. You'll see this on the show notes too. And then a similar thing going on with the descending pattern on the way back down. So this is where things can really get a little more complicated. So we're first going to apply these uh, to a major scale, right? Because really all we're doing with this is where you can think of these patterns as, you know, one, three, five, right? One, three, five is a major, as a major triad, but it's the first, third and fifth tone of a C major scale. And then when we're going down uh, a D, a D minor triad, really that is six, four, two, right? Six, four, two of the C major scale, right? That's a that's going down a D minor triad, right? From from the top note to the to the lowest note, which is D the root. So it's all still coming from the major scale, but this is really where you can take it to a more a more advanced level here. So listen to this what this sounds like over a C major scale. 
All right, so in this case, uh, we changed the, ryth- the rhythm up from eighth notes to triplets, right? Because we were dealing with triads, so that made more sense to switch it up to triplets, as you could hear there. So, um, yes, we- we're hearing us basically go through uh, the series, the-, the diatonic series, basically, of triads within the C major scale. So uh, you can probably guess where I'm going with this next. Let's take another scale and apply it to it. And again, I want to show you how advanced we can really take this. So let's go ahead and do a C melodic minor scale. So C melodic minor sounds like this. And just for those of you, again, who don't know this stuff is it basically starts out just like a natural minor scale, but then has a major six, major seventh in it. Okay, so we're applying this scale to this same pattern, and you know, basically, I mean, it's going to just change things up a lot, right? So uh, let's listen to this. So really different, right? It's it's really different, and it's going to feel entirely different on your fingers. Entirely different. Um, again, I just want to stress the value of doing this. So first, we just have patterns in general, and we can apply patterns on a lot of different things. It doesn't have to just be scales. I mean, we can do this. We can create pattern-based licks, all sorts of different things that we can apply patterns to. But um, I think this is really a great way to introduce patterns and to really practice them. Patterns in and of themselves aren't necessarily musical, but again, that's not the point of necessarily working on technique. The, pa- the purpose of working on technique is to gain that flexibility in our fingers to do things that maybe were unexpected for us before, just we weren't able to do that. And and now when we start creating musical ideas, there's less of a barrier there, right? There's less of a barrier. So that's why we work on these sorts of things. That's why I do include it in my Zero to Improv book because my Zero to Improv book, and for those of you who have it, you know this, it's really, uh, I, I call it... Uh, learning how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. I really start at the very basics, like just knowing basic music theory and building up from there, from from you know being able to apply patterns to scales, to knowing what the chords are, to doing exercises with chords, to doing chord progression exercises, and then so on and so forth until we get to more musical elements that we cover. And then, uh, of course, like I said, for those of you in my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, you know that this is a part of our course as well, and we really focus more on actually applying this stuff. But um, that's why I include this stuff because I do believe it's made an impact in my playing. And I think it could have an impact in your playing too. If you include a little bit of this stuff in your practice sessions, it's not something that I would say, you know, spend all of your time working on. There's other things like learning jazz language or, you know, other things that you could even work on with music theory that are very beneficial as well. But adding a little bit of these pattern technical exercises into your playing could be really helpful for you. All right. So that's that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today, just to give you something simple to practice, simple to think about, and how you could start adding more of this stuff. So obviously, uh, you can find these patterns in my Zero to Improv book or my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course. There's other uh, books and resources out there, like Patterns for Jazz by Jerry Coker and a number of other other authors is a great resource to look up different patterns. Um, so just do some exploration and just make it a challenge for yourself just to add a little bit of this into your practice sessions.
All right. Again, hope this was helpful for you. Thanks for listening to the show today. I really appreciate it. And if you want to look up some of these examples, the music notation, again, go to the show notes, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 151. And uh, I'll have some of those over there waiting for you. And like I said, you know, my Zero to Improv Companion Chorus is dropping on January 27th, 2019. Or maybe if you're listening from the future, it is already out. And in that case, you can just go to zero to improv.com to check out that book and companion course. The companion course, again, just helps you get through that book uh, just to make sure that it's useful. It's not something that just collects dust uh, per se in a a folder in your computer or something like that. So zero to improv.com, or if you just want to make sure you're notified of when it comes out, just make sure to sign up for the newsletter at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. All right. I do appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'm going to be coming out with another episode of the podcast next week. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a kind rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, I really appreciate that. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. That's LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.